Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your show on the what, the why, the how of quality training. Here I am with a guest, a friend, a client, Marcel Minatolo, who is a avid runner. He does one of those crazy things. They're called ultra marathons. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Good, good. I'm glad you got to make it. You are a very busy man, so I'm glad you got to weasel out some time on the schedule for the show. For you, anything. You know that. <laughs> so, Marcel, so I brought up this idea of doing David Goggins 4 by 4 by 48 to him just to kind of like see his reaction to it. His reaction was a little bit too um, willing to do it. And so we were talking about this before. And Marcel did something really foul to me just a few minutes ago. He sent me a calendar invite to start the daggone challenge. So now, and then I accepted it. So now it's happening. We got to do it now. It's on the calendar. Once it's scheduled, you can't take it away. You see the frustration on my face? <laughs> You want to tell them what this it's, challenge it's, it's is just about? We'll survive forty-eight hours. Yeah. So, so this. And by the way, I I, I will say I, I told a colleague of mine this who told his trainer, and the trainer told him to tell me that I'm crazy. And <laughs> I'm certainly no David Goggin, that's for sure. Um, but but four miles every four hours for forty-eight hours. It's only forty-eight miles. I've run forty-eight miles in the past at one time. <laughs> It's, it's the sleep deprivation is one that's going to be the challenge, right? Getting up in the, it, it, in the middle of the night to run a four-hour leg and doing it for four, 48 hours is just crazy. Why do I we just, do these things? I just realized how out of my league I am by doing this and by doing this with you. So I'm thinking like, oh, I could run four miles over and over again. Like four miles is nothing to me. But then you sat there and said, oh, I did more than this in one sitting. <laughs> I don't think it I've has, ever run more than 20 while. miles in any two-day sure. period. What'd you say? I, it, it, I said, well, it has been a while since I've run this much at one time, right? The Baker was the last one, and that was during the summertime, and I, I've let my miles slack off since then. And, and when I first committed to, to doing this one with you, at least mentally, I didn't realize it was coming up in just a couple weeks. In my mind, it was like, oh, you know, we'll do it sometime in the spring when the weather gets nice. Yeah, this and, is pre-spring. Yes. Uh, March 5th, just a couple weeks away. Yeah, it'll be fun. Indeed, indeed. Oh, my God. So we're going to do like tours of different places. I'm literally texting the woman who has the scholarship right now uh, that I'm going to do it. I just sent it. All right, I'm going to do it. I just told her I'm doing it. Oh, my God. Uh, now you're so now committed. I have to set up the GoFundMe and all that. Hey, stay for the end of the episode for you to find out who, or just follow me on social media later and find out who I am going to do the scholar, uh, the fundraiser for. It's for somebody's personal scholarship that she cashes out of her own pocket. But uh, yeah, so damn you, Marcel. And, and, and look for updates on uh, uh, the locations that we're going to be running our four miles on too. Uh, oh, so yeah. Thank you for reminding interested me. In meeting us, that could be fun. Yes. Yeah, so some of you, most of you listening are probably people that know me or even Marcel personally. So definitely um, look out for that location piece. I can even make a little uh, website page on my blog on my website. So I could, we could just post like, hey, we're going to run in all these places. Because I know Saturday at 4 a.m., there's no idea that one wants to be making decisions about where to run. We just want to show up and do it. <laughs> Hey, maybe maybe uh, David will start following us on Instagram then. Ah, then we're the hard ones. That's yeah, right. that's right. Oh, this is going to be a great, uh, well, this will be a great challenge, a great fundraiser. I'm not even going to lie and say that this won't be a really fun publicity thing to just show how ridiculous we are. <laughs> that could either do a really good thing for it the gym or that could turn all the people away and say, I do not want to train with these crazy people. Yeah, yeah. 
So with the topic of today's subject of running and doing crazy things, Marcel has done a his share collection of crazy things. Um, he's, a, he's lived three lives and his current life right now involves running ultra marathons. And so I wanted to bring you on the show so you can share with all of us your experience running ultras, your, um, you know, your training for running ultras, a very, very small selection of the public have ever done an ultra marathon. You think about like how few people have ever even run in the first place, let alone run 5Ks for fun, let alone run marathons for fun. Very few people do ultras. And so I'm glad to know you and know that you are somebody who I got to be with completing an ultra marathon last year. So wanted to bring you on to talk about that and kind of wanted to like um, know, first of all, what got you into doing ultras? That, that's actually a really good question. And, and I don't know that I have a really good, good answer, to be honest with you. I um, came back from a, a deployment um, where I was locked down on a quarter mile track for almost a year and um, started getting into running while I was on that quarter mile track. And now I came to this late in life. So I would have been at that point somewhere around um, uh, 33, 34 years old. And I didn't really start getting into ultras until I was probably about 35, 36 years old. And, um, you know, started running when I came back and I started reading about all these crazy people doing these crazy things for, for running ultras, like, you know, the Western States 100 and the uh, um, Badlands, you know, I think that one's 135, if I remember right. I'm like, man, these are a crazy group of people. Well, I could do this. And... <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy too. Now, now I will say this is, this is pre pre children too. Right. So this is a, a time in my life where I had a little bit more time. I was a graduate student and um, you know, I would take off in the middle of the day just to go for, you know, an hour and a half, two hour run and then come back and sit at my desk and work some more. And then at that point I was doing split runs. So I'd run in a second time in the day to get more miles in without, hopefully injuring myself and it just kept running. Um, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I was reading about these crazy people and I thought, I, I got, I got to give this a shot. This is, this is something I can do. Oh man. That conviction hits you. Yeah. <laughs> or craziness. I don't know which it is. <clears throat> now I will say while I have done ultra marathons and I've, I've run them uh, and, and for the listeners, anybody who's not familiar with them it's anything over a marathon so it's greater than 26.2 miles um and and you know you'll find a variety of lengths 34 mile one i've done i've done the 50 i did a 100k which is 62.5 i haven't done yet but it's in it's in my um my sights to do the 100 miler and uh, the 100 miler is a big one right and, and, and it's not just doing it in order to, to really consider yourself an, an, an ultra runner for those hundred milers, you got to do it within 24 hours. Um, that's, that's the goal. Um, and, and so, you know, that's 50 miles every 12 hours. Eh, that's not too bad. Well, that's a, a marathon every six hours, roughly. So you saying a marathon every six hours sounds actually somewhat reasonable. Right. You saying 50 miles every 12 hours actually does not sound reasonable anymore because I was there <laughs> watching people run a 50 miler and like dying at 10, 11, 12, 13 hours and trying to think, would they do that again this on top of it in the same day? This is one of the really crazy things about this. Now, now I will say this is not my research area. So, so I, I, I default to, to, to coach Donald here with this research because this isn't my area. But I think it's a lot like um, um, many things in life where our body fools ourselves. Our body fools ourselves because we forget the pain. And all we remember is all the, the kind of the dopamine and the pleasure and the endorphins afterwards. We remember that, but we don't remember the pain in the same way that we remember, the, you know, everything else. Uh, laughing about falling down a mountain 
by the way, which, which happened to me, it wasn't a mountain, it was a hill, it just felt like a mountain. Um, so that happened to me one time. Or, um, you know, forgetting about how your body cramps up and seizes and you're rolling on the ground like a cockroach, unable to get back up. Yeah. Um, so we laugh about it now, but our body forgets the pain that it's going through when it's doing that. I often critique people. Uh, if you know me personally, we, if we talk a lot, I have a thing about people romanticizing the past. I absolutely abhor it. But we do this not only just philosophically with the past in itself, but we do exactly what you just said. And we romanticize the pain and the struggle of training. I think back, I did my first half marathon with you, my only half marathon, like running with you casually. We decided it last minute, like, hey, we're at mile six and a half. Like, can we just do six and a half out and back? <laughs> and so, boom, did my first half marathon. And I remember the last two miles, my legs seizing up. I had to stop and walk. I was shuffling. It was really, really bad. And I'm sitting here laughing about it. Like, I don't remember what that felt like at all. I just remember how happy I was when that was done. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, well, and here's the funny thing. And we are, we, well, we romanticize these things. I think, oh, yeah. So there was that time uh, on a 50 mile race around mile three, my foot started hurting me. I'm like, I got a rock in my shoe. I take my shoe off. I look for the rock. There's nothing there. Huh. I put my shoe back on. I start running. About a quarter mile later, my foot starts hurting again. I'm like, I got to get that rock out of my shoe. Take it off. I look around. There's no rock. I'm like, this is weird. About another mile later, I'm running downhill. My foot starts hurting again. I take my shoe off and my foot is bleeding. And I'm at about mile five right now. So I still have 45 miles to go. My foot is bleeding. I'm like, what is this? And I look, there was a nail in my shoe, in the sole of my shoe. And it was short enough that when I was just on a flat, it wouldn't, it wouldn't come through and get me. But when I was pounding downhill, it was stabbing me. Oh. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I still had 45 miles to go with my foot bleeding from this nail that was poking me. But look, now I laugh about it. <laughs> and I just kept on going. Oh, man. I, I still it's remember crazy. at that Baker but challenge, you know, coming up. And, and just thinking about how like you're laughing and joking and it's like mile 48, the last two miles and me and Michelle were there at the very end and you're just like, like giggling at these last two miles. And I'm like, I remember you coming up that hill from when Michelle showed up and that was a really big hill that was very challenging to get up. And it's like, you forgot all about it. And I'm just reminiscing on the pain of watching everybody as I'm driving her back to her car. Like, Oh, I remember this landmark and that landmark. Like, how do you, what, what, what does it trigger in you to enjoy these endeavors and have the mindset to train and do them? It is remarkable. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. I, um, uh, I look around now at, at, and I say this now at 51, uh, I look at uh, the young kids, the young kids, all these young adults that are training with you now and their dedication. And when I was their age, I I certainly didn't have that level of dedication for, for any kind of physical activity or training. And, And they are truly impressive. So right now they're my motivation to keep on going. Um, uh, before, uh, it, it was, it, it was a break in the monotony of my schedule for my research. I'm like, I need to get out and run. And I will say, um, you know, there was a long period where I had a, a break in my training for, for, uh, I don't know, maybe six, six years, seven years. I didn't do any training at all. Life got busy. I had kids, I had, you know, work commitments, and I just couldn't find a time to do that training. And I will say I was less productive at work during that period than I am now Hmm. that, that my creativity increases when I'm exercising and um, my overall performance increases when I'm, when I'm engaged in this, this exercise. Um, So when I'm running, you know, there's nothing around me. It opens up that space for my mind just to wander and think about thinking. Right. Uh, um, And, and so there are times when I'm, I'm sitting and I'm like, ah, I got to get out and run. I'll drive along. I'm driving down the road. I see people running. I get jealous (laughs) and I'm not a runner. I don't like it. I hate it. I hate every single minute of running. I can't stand it, but I get jealous. Like, Oh, I need to get out there and run too. Look at they're running. 
they're smiling. They look happy. I need to look happy. I don't know if I ever do when I'm running, but I need to do it. Um, and then I think to myself, uh, what am I capable of? I don't know. Right. I, I, I don't know. At 51 with the health issues that I've had, I don't know if I can do a hundred miles, but I know for me, I need to try. Mm. I, I don't know if I can do this four by four by 48. I may get uh, what is it? The four by four by 44 and then collapse. Right. Who knows? But I know I need, I, I want to try. I want to know what the, the uh, I want to find what the limits are my boundaries mm. it, it, it's it's some by the way this is not new if you read plato and socrates and aristotle right they all talk about the importance of balancing physical activity out with mental activity so, so this has been around for a long time as human beings this is this is what it, we need to do to to stay productive and creative and, and healthy mm. maybe not 100 miles for everybody but <laughs> that's deep but that's that's interesting and you know they talk about the science behind how exercise helps and you know that runner's high i was out with some friends and we were chatting about uh, alcohol and marijuana use at dinner and i was like look i mean i've tried these things and you know i have drinks on occasions but none of these things do for me what a good four mile run does for me there's something about going out and doing five or six miles and i'm just like elated and ready to go. Some of my best business months have been in the months that I've run a lot of miles. And I don't yeah. always realize just how crucial that is. Whenever I'm in my lulls and my sags mentally and emotionally, or if this is moving slow, I look at my mileage and usually it's down. I don't know which one came first, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there was, there was one point um, where I was kind of in a uh, a lower space in my life, so to speak. And uh, I had a therapist. He says, look, I'll give you a choice. You can go on medication or you can run. Which do you want to do? Mm. And I said, oh, well, I'm going to run. Definitely going to run. <laughs> and, and he knew I was a runner and I was already running as a, as a, you know, at that point. And basically what he was saying, get out and do it more. <clears throat> get the sunlight, you know, some good good uh, vitamin E coming from the sun, get yeah. those endorphins going, you know, the happy juices going, uh, get a good sweat on. Um, yeah, make it happen. Even now, <clears throat> now, I will say, one of my favorite times to run is while it's snowing. While right? it's snowing. While it's snowing. <clears throat> the, there's the, a muffling of the sound around you from all the snow falling down right? And so it's kind of quiet. Often, there's not a whole lot of people out on the streets driving around because they're staying inside with all the snow. And then you get in that rhythm of hearing the crunch, 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 crunch. And it's not icy. So you don't slip the same way while it's snowing, right? So you just hear this crunch, 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 crunch as you go along. And, and uh, it's just, just a peaceful time, peaceful place. Hmm. Now, that sounds really nice. You're making me I'm looking forward to going and running later as long as I don't slip on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned before we talk about the physical training part, this mental piece of wanting to push your limits and see how far you can go. Is this something that you've always had or did you gain this over the course of life or did running bring this to you? Did they come kind of hand in hand? Like, how did you develop that mindset of wanting to take your training to push you? It, it definitely came to me later in life. It wasn't something that, um, uh, like I said, younger, uh, the, the only running I did was away from my dad when he was trying to, to, to spank me for something. <laughs> that was it. <clears throat> I didn't do any running as a kid. Um, did a little bit of running and basic training. And again, that was only because the drill sergeant was yelling at me. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it then either. Um, it, it, it was certainly later in life, not earlier on. And I, I remember one time, so, so just a kind of a, a side story, <clears throat> graduated 333rd out of 666 students from high school, like right in the middle. Basic training, I was 125th out of 250 folks, what? right in the middle, right? I used to sign my, my letters to people with the, the symbol for mu which is the, you know, the, the, 
statistical symbol for average. <laughs> so like I'm average. And the mu looks like an M and that's the first letter of both of your names. Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? I said, I said the mu symbol looks like an that's M correct. and that's the first yes, symbol of right. both of your names. That's exactly Which right. Which I'm pretty sure M and is right around the middle. <laughs> it absolutely is. But then one day I started thinking about it and I don't know how it occurred to me. I'm like, huh, well, if I'm going to be the average of any group I'm in, I'm going to surround myself with geniuses. Mm. And if I'm going to be the average of any physical group I'm in, well, I'm going to, I'm going to surround myself with some, some pretty hard people. Cause if I'm the average of the hard people, that's, that's not bad at all. So, so these things came to me much later in life. Um, and, and I, I will say, you know, being locked down on a, a Ford operating base for a year, that certainly helped a little bit kind of push me over the edge. Um, but, but uh, you know, there was a point where prior to my running, I had gotten pretty heavy and I thought to myself, I need to do something. I'm, I'm too young. Right. And this is early thirties. I'm like, I'm too young to be this heavy. And I looked at my, you know, my grandparents, my parents, and they all got heavier later in life. I'm like, if I'm going to fight that, I got to start now. And I like eating a lot. You know, uh, well, you know, me, Donald, you know me well enough. No, five points is right down the road from me. <laughs> and their cookies did, are really good. <laughs> I literally just finished one of their pastries uh, on the way to the, record this. <laughs> and that wasn't a plug, though, for five points. We're just saying they're really yummy. Um, uh, and I like eating. So if, if, if I want to continue to eat the way I do, I better do a lot of activity. Yeah. Wow, that's deep what you said, though. If I'm going to be the average out of any group, let me pick the best groups to be a part of to be the average of the average of geniuses. Yeah. And you are, you are Dr. Minutolo, you know, professor of business <laughs> and sit on the boards and have advised dozens of people and organizations. And you are a part of an elite group of people who do ultra marathons. And so what, what a way to kind of find yourself around the best groups of people to be quote unquote in, you know, in the average of. And, you know, that's, that's uh, thank you um, by the way, that, and, and you, you bring up a really good point too. And I say this to, to both of my girls, <clears throat> Uh, especially when they get frustrated with their running or their performance or some other such thing. I say, you are already in a small percentage of individuals across the world uh, because most people, most people don't, right? Uh, and not that they can't, it's that they don't. Uh, they don't get off the couch or they don't walk away from the desk or they you know, don't make the space in their schedule to, to engage in this physical activity. Um, and, and they are, uh, so, so, you know, you're already in an elite group of individuals just by doing, showing up, you're in the top 10% just by showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And of course my girls are multiple time all Americans too. So I, I get to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it is, how does that on a side note, how does that feel as a parent? to have kids that are like really elite to the caliber that they are. It, I, it, it is a, a, I hesitate to say this because I don't want to seem prideful, uh, but, and that's not the right feeling, but it is such a good feeling to know that, um, you know, I have two young ladies that are very, very accomplished um, and that they have this ability and, and they're doing something with it. Uh, so, so that does bring up an, a good point, at least for me, that was one of the reasons why I do these things, because I, I am blessed that my body has let me do this stuff and that it has cooperated with me in some way. Although, okay, so, so here's one, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening at home that you can think about a little bit. I have this theory right, that my body is not my body. Uh, and that my mind and my body somehow aren't actually connected in the way that I think they are. And I say that because if they were, my body would go the speed that I wanted to go. And it doesn't. <laughs> if they were, my body wouldn't seize up in agony around mile 35 the way that it does because I, I would will it not to. And, and my body sometimes reminds me that, you know, your mind might want to do this. <laughs> 
but your body has a say in it as well. Uh, so, so I, I, I struggle with this and, and I haven't resolved it fully yet. Uh, I'm still working on it. Interesting. That's hmm, never thought about that. But yeah, if I guess if our body were, was literally just an extension of our mind, it would do exactly everything we wanted to do. Although we can certainly train it to be able to do these things. And so, you know, that is the part of the reason that we do train because we can will our bodies just instantaneously to its best extent. Maybe not, but we can certainly train it to be better, which leads us to our next part of thinking about that bigger challenge. That was the last ultra marathon you did last year. Take us through the training plan in that process from when you decided you were going to do the Baker up until running to it, because there's not too many people that know how to train for ultras. And I'm sure there's a variety of different ways that people do it. Yeah. Um, so years ago, when, when I first started getting into them, I remember uh, reading uh, an article in runner's world. I think it was that, that basically said, as you're doing this, as you're building your distance up to, to, you know, prepare your body for, for going that kind of distance, <clears throat> never add more than 10% a week. So if you're running 10 miles a week right now, you're not going to jump up to 15 miles because that's, that's too large of an increase in one week and, and it risks injuries. Um, and not to add, uh, try to work on both speed and distance in the same week. Uh, because again, it's, it, it, you know, you're risking in injuries. <clears throat> so this is one of the things that I, I know I've been thinking about in the past. And it's part of the reason why I came to you this time around too, um, uh, Donald, is, is because <clears throat> I'm not as young as I used to be. I have had some health concerns and I need to train a little smarter than what I used to train in the past. Um, I, I would work on like some tempo runs periodically just to get my body used to carrying itself at a certain speed for some distance, um, I do some distance running, um, uh, my speed work, uh, I used to do on treadmills. And, and the reason why I would do it is on the treadmill is because I, I could control it and dial it in. <clears throat> and, um, I would, you know, get on the treadmill and I say every five minutes, if I was going to do an hour run on a treadmill, every five minutes, I would increase the speed one unit. And, and that way I could ramp it up. And part of the reason why I would do it that way on the treadmills is because I wanted to train my body to push at the end. Mm. Uh, and at the last, you know, five minutes on that treadmill, every 30 seconds, I was increasing the speed What? so that I knew at the end I could, I would have that push a five minute push. Um, so training up for the last Baker, because I hadn't done it for so long, I wasn't really concerned about speed at all for this one. I, I just needed to get my body to a point where I knew that I could carry myself for that distance. So I was adding distance. Um, at one point, um, uh, there was a year uh, where I did 10 marathons, 250 milers, and one 100 kilometer race all within 50 weeks. And people were like, well, that's, that's crazy. I'm like, but yeah, a marathon though, for me, was just a training run <laughs> for the mm. 50 milers, which was just a training run for that 100 kilometer race, right? Um, so, so, you know, it kind of puts these things back in perspective. I do know people, I, and I've known of people who would do things like put a treadmill inside of a sauna and run in the sauna on a treadmill. And like, all right, that's just taking it to a whole different level. Well, they practice but it for like an Arizona marathon? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. That's the one, the Badlands one. And I'm like, mm. I get it. I understand. Because you got to condition your body for that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's really, um, um, you know, understanding what, what you want to get. I, look, I'm not going to win one of these ultra marathons. But for me, being the first across the line is not the goal. For me, the goal is challenging myself. How far can I push me? Um, uh, you know, knowing that I can do it is, is, especially as I get older, is even more important to me because, you know, I know I'm at the point where I'm losing muscle mass faster than when I was younger, um, that uh, uh, my metabolism is slowing down, you know, these sort of things. Uh, so, you know, this is my way to uh, 
uh, fight against the dying of the light, right? Mm, <laughs> Keep that's on going. Quite a, that sounds like a novel, fighting I against found, the dying of the light. Yeah. I have found if all I do is run, I'm not a very good runner. When I was at my best, I was doing yoga, lifting weights, and running. It's making sure that, that my whole body can carry itself efficiently on those longer distances. If, if all I'm doing is running, then my, my, you know, the upper half of my body isn't carrying itself as efficiently as it would if I had a strong core. And if my, my shoulders you know, were, were pulled back so my lungs could open up. So having that, that good overall training is extremely important. So that means that you're going to be at yoga on Saturday morning at nine, right? Uh, well, actually, I'm I'm with the uh, uh, City Bridges Run group uh, at Saturday. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> we only yeah, do gotta, it once I've a gotta, month. <laughs> I can't do it all. Something's got to give. But. No, that's, that's cool. That's cool. And yes, you definitely have to be able to have that balance. When you think about, you know, how long it takes to run 50 miles, it's 10, 12 hours. And so your, your stomach, your back, your upper body, your arms have to actually have the strength and stamina to keep making your body move along. Because if your legs are so well conditioned and your arms are not, then your arms are going to be too tired to keep swinging to get your legs to go. And if your back and your core is not strong, they're going to hurt after so many miles, you know, a lot of you listening, you probably had that experience when you started up running at the very beginning of, you know, a new season and you didn't do a whole lot in the weeks leading up. So you start running and your back hurts because it's just not strong enough. You haven't, you know, been conditioned to handle that. Now, mileage wise, when you think about training for an ultra, you mentioned that year that you did several marathons and you did a half to actually train for the 100 kilometer. What's that like 70 miles, 60, 70 miles? 100 kilometers, 62.5. 62. And so being able to train for a race like that, what's your weekly mileage looking like in training for an ultra marathon? I feel like a lot of people have, you know, would have questions about how many miles are you getting in and how are you fitting those all in throughout the course of a week? Yeah. So um, there was a point in my life where I was doing about 75 miles a week. Um, and, and that's a lot, uh, you know, there and I know there are competing theories on this. You know, there are some folks um, who say you know run less to get more. Um, but again, I think it all depends on on the runner, the body, and what you want to get out of it. Uh, for me, right now, a target point is about fifty miles a week. If I'm doing fifty miles a week, then then I feel like I'm I'm, I'm prepping pretty well for a fifty miler. <laughs> Once I get to the point where I'm thinking about that 100 miler, then I'm going to, I think I need to be back up at 75 miles a week. Mm. Um, that means some of my runs are half marathons and that, that's just a training run. You know, that's not going out to the uh, Pittsburgh marathon to run a half. <laughs> that, that's just another day for me, right? <laughs> um, so, some of those days will be splits. So I might run, oh, like, like Thursdays right now are for me. So um, a, a, a typical Thursday for me, I run three miles into the gym, work out with you, run three miles back home. And then in the evening, I'm up at Shenley with you working on some speed. Um, now, as my distance increases, uh, I'll increase my morning runs then. So uh, instead of doing the three miles directly to the gym, I'll change my route a little bit. So I get four or I get five miles in. Um, and, and then of course you always have me do legs. So that, that run home is always slow. <laughs> so, uh, that one, I'm just doing the direct three miles slow back in. Okay. Um, so, and, and that, you know, that, that's, that, that's kind of a typical day, uh, for me on, on something like that. If I can around lunchtime, especially if I'm doing split ones, you know, I'll go out for a three, four five mile run or something like that. Nice. I remember I had a day like that a day like that right last summer i went out for like it was the day we did the great race uh virtual so i went out and did six miles with them then i went with like a friend and we did like another three or no no i was out oh, you know it's a bike ride i went out met up with some friends we did like another three or four and then I went and did like a 20 some mile bike ride later that day and I was like ooh I was actually fine the next day too <laughs> Um, that, that's interesting. And okay. So 
for those of you guys listening, that's like 50 miles a week, you know, to do that ultra, which, yeah, I guess in order to get to 50 miles, if you're going to run six days a week, on average, that's eight miles. And some of the, you're not going to just run out eight miles every single day. Some of those runs are going to be long. You have good training plans. You got long runs anywhere from 10 to 15 miles. And then you're going to have those shorter ones. So, and then just timing wise, I guess you would have to split it up just kind of based on what your weekly flow is, you know, what your work schedule is like, what your other parts of your training schedule are looking like. Now, when it, when you were, um, starting these out did you also train in that way or was that kind of more specific for the baker no no when when i started out i was training that way um uh, you know i was i was doing as much reading as i could i didn't have a coach at that time when i first started doing these so i was, I was doing a lot of reading seeing what worked well for other people um got into some run groups which is uh, you know i encourage people to do um uh, You'll, you'll learn a lot from the other people that are out there who will tell you kind of their war stories or the injuries they've had and what they did to kind of get over them or, you know, who a good coach is to go talk to, those sort of things. Um, so, yeah, I did start out that way. Um, and, and I was lucky. So when I started my, my PhD program, I found some like-minded individuals and, and we would go out on a run. And, you know, I had a, a faculty member who, um, I never took him for a class, but, uh, you know, he'd been running for a long time and he and I would just, you know, go out and run all over Pittsburgh and he'd show me different places and, um, you know, would ask me questions about my research. Took me a little while to realize that he asked me questions about my research to slow me down <laughs> because as I'm talking, it was harder to run. <laughs> he was pretty smart about that. But, but, you know, another reason why I, I got into running was, because I wanted to see places and I found there's no better way to see a, uh, someplace new than to run, right? Mm. Just go off for a run and get lost and wander around a city and, and, and you'll see it in ways that you wouldn't see if you were just driving from point A to point B. And, um, and, and even my own city that, you know, where I live, someone will tell me about a place to run I've never been on and I go and run it. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. How have I never been here before? Mm. Uh, so, so you'll see things in ways you wouldn't and, and running a half or a full marathon through a city and they shut down all the streets just for you, not the other, you know, 10,000 people running with you, but just for you. Yeah. And you know, you're running right down the middle of a highway or something. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm, I'm running down the middle of a highway. <laughs> this is awesome. Nice. Yeah. How cool is that? Or you're running through a park, you know, some, some, um, uh, like the Baker challenge, you're, you're, you're running through parks you wouldn't get to run through or wouldn't run through otherwise. And you're like, man, this is, this is so cool. This whole park, I would have never seen this. Look at that fungus growing on a tree where that, that hawk flying overhead. Man, this is a great place we have. That was truly a beautiful course. Yeah. Like I want to go camping up there and just kind of do some running around. It, 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 it is absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, Unfortunately, with my schedule, unless I have this race, I probably wouldn't, you know, I, I don't go there otherwise. So it, it's well worth it. Nice. Well worth it. What we're talking about is called Cook's Forest up in like northeast, no, northwest Pennsylvania, like near Clarion County, just in case you're curious. It's very nice looking. I, I tell you, I, I ran the um, Moab Marathon in Utah. And, and that one starts right where um, uh, Tom Cruise was hanging off of the cliff in the first Mission Impossible. That's where the race starts. And it, it just, you know, it is absolutely gorgeous. I'm like, wow, this place is gorgeous. And, and I ran Death Valley one time uh, in the winter. And so uh, it was across a salt flat. So what I was running on was, you know, there was salt. And then above, all the mountains had snow on them. And in between, it was like just desert brown color. Like, this is beautiful. Awesome. So, you know, you, you get to see some really, just some amazing places when, when you go out and just run. Yeah. Now, when... And you don't have to pay. I mean, it's not like you have to pay to go run all these races. That's a great point that just I think go. people miss. You don't have to ever pay to do a marathon. You have to pay to no. join somebody's official marathon, but there are people out there who probably put in dozens of miles each week, go on very crazy long runs, who are like, why would I pay to go run? 
<laughs> that was yeah. me for a long time. Not the crazy mileage part, but the part where I was like, why would I pay to go run? When I did that turkey trot, I said, did I really just pay to go do a run at 8 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning? What have I become? Uh, one of those now. We, we do it for the smiley cookies at the end. Yes, they did have smiley cookies, didn't they? They had something at the end. I don't think it was smiley cookies. They had like graham crackers or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There was this meme on social media and it was like, I hope I never marry into a family that runs 5Ks for the holidays. <laughs> then there was another one that says you can learn a lot about families based on whether they do mimosas and like drinks like that for the holidays or they go run 5Ks. <laughs> yeah, we're that family. <laughs> Yes, you guys are out all the time. Now, training-wise, when you think about that training for one of those, what does a timeline of training look like when you think about when you decide you're going to get started um, and when the race is? Like, what does a timeline look like, especially if you're somebody who is – you've done marathons. You know, We're not talking about somebody who has never done a marathon, but somebody who's like, all right, I've done a marathon or two. You know, They probably put in 20, 30 miles a week. What does a timeline look like for them to want to up their game? You know, if, if, if someone's already run a marathon in the past, it's, it's not overwhelming. Um, it's, from my perspective anyway, so it's just a small leap up. Uh, do the backwards planning from a race that you're thinking about. And with using that rule of thumb of, you know, don't increase your mileage of more than 10% in a given week, and then backwards plan that increase from there with the understanding that you're probably going to want to do a couple longer races in between there, or a couple longer training runs in between there. So just so that you know that you'll be able to cover that distance. Um, that may mean doing, you know, at least one marathon distance race before the 50 miler comes up, just so that, you know, you're, you're ready for it again. And, you know, my, for whatever it's, worth my one piece of advice is um you know be realistic if, if you've never run um an ultra and you've decided that you want to do a, a 50 miler or a 100 miler you know the first one maybe the goal isn't to win uh, but the goal is to finish to, so that you can say that you've done it unless you know that you're just one of those elite runners um who who physically has the ability to do that but um, for the rest of us, you know, just <laughs> us mere mortals. That's right. Us mere mortals. Let, just be realistic and say, hey, let's let's finish this race. Let's do this thing so we can say we did it. Um, and, and I will say one of the nice things about it is if if you start doing these things, you know, you start seeing a lot of the same people at them. And it, it, it's quite a community. Um, and you look I know I do anyways. I look forward to seeing some of the people that I may not have seen for a while, or I only ever see at some of these races. I never see any place else, but at a race, I'm like, Oh, Hey, you know, I don't know your name, but I see you all the time. <laughs> Good seeing you. Um, and it is fun too. I, you know, I'll go, yeah, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes running with somebody and we're just chatting away. And then one of the two of us says something like, Oh, well, okay, I'm going to dial it back a little bit or I'm going to speed it up a little bit. And you're like, oh, okay, see you later. Never see that person again. Mm. Talk to them for 45 minutes, learned all about their kids or their work or their dog or whatever, and you never see them again. And then, you know, on a 50 miler, you might go 30, 45 minutes without seeing anybody at all. <laughs> you're like, wow. am I even still on the course? Right. And, and I have gotten lost on 50 milers before, especially trail runs, right. Where, because you have to follow the blazes on trees. And, and if you, if, if I zone out for a little bit and I'm not paying attention and I miss a blaze, I'll go two miles or something, not realizing I missed the turn. And you got to go two miles back to get back on the trail and get on the right, right course again. Dag. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. How do you even like find your way back to where you got lost at originally? Um, 
sometimes it's not easy to be honest with you. Uh, if if you're on a pretty clear trail, well, then you just follow the trail back. And I had that happen to me on on the uh, CNO Canal one time. They have a hundred kilometer one. Um, just followed the trail back. On the Baker the last time, I I missed a blaze and I couldn't tell how far off I was. And that forest, once you're in it, can get quite dense pretty quick. And I actually started to get worried that I wasn't going to be able to find my way back. <laughs> <laughs> fortunately for me i saw another runner and i'm like okay i'm good yeah we're good keep mm. on going but there is that moment of panic i'm like ah oh. and for me part of the reason why I, why i've been able to do these is i have a really hard time with dnf next to my name oh uh, yeah did not finish yeah I have, a, I have a hard time with that now with that piece this last part i want to ask you about mental fitness hmm. Running a marathon for most people is going to take, you know, three to four to even five hours to run an ultra for like, say a 50 miler is going to take for most people anywhere from 10 to 14 hours. That's a lot of time to be on your feet. What are you doing mentally to condition yourself to do that? Yes, you're doing the mileage. And so you're getting your 50 miles, which you're obviously spending a lot of time running, but how are you mentally preparing yourself for mile 31, for mile 42? Because I remember when I went to the Baker Challenge, I watched people change around mile 35. Like around mile 35, everything <laughs> changed for a lot of people. Um, I remember when Michelle pulled up, I think Michelle got there somewhere around like mile 30 or something, that crazy hill. And like the things that were coming out of people's mouths and what they had to say it was really interesting to hear some of the self, you know, self, uh, dep what is it, deprivating, right? Uh, comments and things yeah. like, in comments and things like that. Some people were very encouraging and cheery. So how, how do you handle the mental fitness part of keeping yourself going? Well, I will say I've had similar sorts of problems, even on shorter races like marathons. Um, it's, uh, I remember at one point, on the baker near the end, I found myself getting into this really weird whistle thing I was doing. And I was doing it a lot. And I thought to myself, why am I doing that? <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, and, and whenever I caught myself doing it afterwards, I thought, stop it, just stop it. So I'm having this <laughs> argument with myself as, as I'm going along the course. Um, I know when, when I get into a tough spot, I think I like to think to myself, same way I got through basic training, Thousands of people have done this before you. And if you're average, you can do it too. Just keep on going. Um, I, I, I do like to play. Uh, one of the things I, I find I do a lot is uh, mental calculations for distances and speed. You know, what do I need to keep doing in order to finish in this time? And it's not that I'm going to finish in that time. It's that my mind is occupied with doing the calculations, doing the math, and thinking through the, the process of doing it. And, and it's keeping my mind occupied during all of that so that I don't think about, oh man, my feet hurt so bad. I just, I just wanna stop. Or, oh, you know, my, my nipples are, are chafed like crazy, this hurts. You know, so anything I can do to keep my mind occupied while I'm doing that. Um, of course, humming's always a good thing. One of the things that works well for me is when I'm coming through rest stops, trying to encourage everybody else. Like, all right, hey, you know what? We're 10% done. <laughs> we've, we've only got another, what, 45 miles. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> you know, I, I find being that character helps me out sometimes too. And I remember running a, a race with uh, my eldest one time. And as we were going through, I was thanking the, uh, the people at the, the rest stations and, and, and I'd ask dad, why do you do that? And I said, well, two reasons. One, they don't have to be a volunteer out here. All right. They, they're taking their time and they're helping out. So I want to acknowledge that Two, the act of my giving gratitude to somebody else mentally, right. Um, uh, stimulates me. It makes me a little bit happier. Um, so, uh, I encourage everybody engage in that it'll help you out as, as you're going forward yeah nice nice <laughs> nice yeah the mental part is is hard you know and hey 
are thinking thinking about all the the you know positive things you have in your life as you're going forward and and you know focusing on positives reinforces itself focusing on negatives reinforces itself in the opposite way um, so so just keep focusing on positives not on the negatives now in training was this something that you had to learn the hard way or did you kind of come in with this mindset um, uh, I think I stumbled on it most, most of it accidentally by trial and error. Like I'd come back and uh, I mean, I was just, there was a horrible run. I'm like, what was horrible about it? Well, the fact I had a horrible attitude on the whole run is what was horrible about it. <laughs> I'd come, right. And I'd come back and I'm like, man, that was a really great run. What was so good about that one? It was pouring down rain. It was only, you know, 35 degrees and yeah, but I had a good attitude the whole way. <laughs> And that's what was was positive, so so that helped. But then I got a um, at one point in time, and I've held on this book for a long time. It was a, a, a run a, a runner's daily motivation um, book, and so there's 365 you know daily motivations to keep um, keep you going. And so the way this one's structured was there'd be a quote from somebody then some reflection on that quote and how it relates to, you know, running. And then at the bottom, it was an affirmation. So, you know, I affirm that I'm going to X with my run. And, and a lot of it's, a, it, it's about the mental piece more than anything else. You know, maybe it was, um, I affirm that today I'm going to be gentle with myself on my run. Um, today, I'm going to accept whatever my run gives me. Or uh, today, I'm going to push myself just a little bit harder than another. And, and I found that those affirmations, right, helped me mentally prepare for the challenges I was going to have on, on all my runs. I, I tell both my girls this, not every run is going to be a good run. Mm-hmm. And uh, be okay with that. Um, and, and some runs you know, are going to be wonderful. And you didn't plan on it at all. It just, it was the day. Oh my God. I had that happen last week. Yeah. We went out and did, it was last Wednesday, me, Lena, uh, holding a left and Jack, or was it just a left and Jack? I think holding a left and Jack. And we went out on the North shore and it, yeah, it was Wednesday. We ran out, um, the trail that we is a five miler. So we'd like a mile warm up, and then it's a two minute, two mile threshold run, a short break and a two mile threshold run. And so we have a normal course where we do our warm up run to the casino and back, but it was snow filled. So we ran over like to the PNC park and then came back and then we started. Well, we go a mile across the bridge to the Fort Pitt bridge and it was blocked off. And so we, we had decided, all right, we're going to just go out and back. So we're going to go from here. We're going to go back across the Fort Duquesne and you'll come back and go back and then you're done. And it was like a bunch of point eights. And then I'm, I'm running and that felt miserable. Like, I'm like, I feel so slow. I'm fussing at the boys because I'm like, you guys are going so slow. I want you guys at like 555 or at least six minutes for each mile. And Lena's keeping up with them and i'm like they're all in eyesight of me so i'm like i feel like i'm going i have to be going like 7 30 or 8 you guys cannot be possibly running that fast so we get done and i check my watch and i did like 650 630 640 or something like that and i was like what this i, I could feel like i could barely pick my feet up and move my arms my <laughs> face felt like it was being abused and yet every single mile pace was under seven minutes Oh, I didn't expect that. And I had to like apologize to them because while these boys do not do a great job of keeping their watches, he was like, no, we're running like six. Like, it was like, oh, we're running like six. Look at the time. And then I looked at my time and I said, oh, sorry for fussing. I was just running faster than I thought. <laughs> well, this, <laughs> this actually brings up a really good point for, for these um, ultra marathons too. So I, I was doing one in, in Virginia and in, um, uh, where was it at? Maybe it was near Lynchburg or someplace. Started at 4.30 in the morning. So it was pitch black when we started. And um, started out, uh, you know, because it was dark, I, I had no sense of what my speed was at the start. By the time the sun came up and I could see things and I was at my first rest stop, um, 
and by the way, the first part of it was uphill. I realized I was running at about a minute, a mile faster than what I had planned to set out at, which of course completely smoked me by the end of the race. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, instead of, instead of running an eight minute mile, by the way, I was younger than I, I literally ran seven minutes a mile for, for the first half marathon portion of this 50 mile race. Sheesh because I had no idea what I was doing and I was completely spent after that. Oh, Still man. finished, <laughs> but, but boy, was I hurting. But yeah. that's, a, that, that, that's a tough day. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, so, so being aware of, of, especially when on race day, mm. what, what you frame for, what you plan for, what your goal is, you know, you can always pick it up on the back half of those races if you're feeling good and you're still feeling like you have a lot of spring in, but, but 50 miles is a long way to, to go, uh, you know, when you did the first half of it at a faster pace than what you had thought or planned to do. So have a so, plan on those. And even if, and when you have that plan, stick to that plan, because even if you yeah. feel good that day, your body still has a range and you want to be able to finish. Cause just cause you feel good during the first, you know, six, 10 miles and you're like out flying, like, Oh, it's not going to last forever. Yeah. And you said it earlier on, something happened around mile 35 and you could see it on people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's somewhere around there. Something happens. That's the wall. That's what happens when you're out running the 800. That's the 500 and 600 meter mark for the eight. <laughs> That's, that's the, uh, mile, that's like the mile 2.4 of a 5k. Which is brutal. Absolutely. Yeah. But thank you for all of this. Do you have any, uh, any final words for the people who are still sticking with us? They're like, Oh, maybe I'll do a, an ultra one day. Four by four by 48. Yes. Four <laughs> by four by 48. So you basically me and Marcel have decided we're going to do this. And um, <laughs> so if you follow me at coach underscore Donald uh, on Instagram, he's at Marcel Minatolo. He's on there, but he doesn't post. Um, we'll be, I'll be posting about this. If you go on the website, www.ghperformance.com, there's a resource tab. It'll say blog. It'll probably have it on the resource tab. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's not there right now as the day of recording this, but by the time you hear this or a couple of days after it will be there. And so you can get some more information. Uh, David Goggins, he's apparently the self-acclaimed world's toughest man. Um, I'm sure there's other tough people out there who would like to take him up on that, but that's not my business. And so he has this challenge. It's to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And so Friday night, March the 5th, me and Marcel will be embarking on our first run at 8 p.m. And we will run every four hours or, or we will run or we'll drop. I don't know which will happen first until Sunday the 7th at 8 p.m. And so we're going to be doing fundraisers. I think Marcel's figuring out what he wants to do. Um, there's a young woman who actually is a part of our uh, GHP family. Her name's Janelle Young. She's an artist here who's done a lot of art. She's like having a booming year just with opportunities. She's a talented artist. If you're from Pittsburgh, if you've ever seen the um, basketball court in Bell Suver, uh, she actually completely did that herself. The um, Stay Safe Masked Up campaign that's on smithfield street downtown she was uh one of the artists who painted that as well as a bunch of other artwork here and so um she has a scholarship for artists and that she started last year and so she personally you know got a thousand dollars to give as a scholarship so i'm going to do this as a fundraiser for her scholarship she does uh private coaching with coach kyla uh, which is why you have not seen her marcel um, she's one of coach Kyla's morning buddies. And so she's been here for like, I don't know, like three, four months now. Um, so yeah, we're going to do that. I actually did an interview with her. If you go on my YouTube page, uh, interviewing her about the basketball court during the, uh, training with Donald series. So that information will be put in the show notes. Uh, once I actually build out where the money is, how I'm going to collect the monies. So make sure you uh, check us out and donate because, yeah, we're going to make a spectacle out of this because I'm not going to do this quietly. <laughs> it's too much. 
<laughs> I, I certainly won't finish it quietly. <laughs> there will be lots of yelling. There will be it, some whining. Whining, yeah. yelling, all that. Um, on that resource page that I'll post, and uh, you know, I'll probably double back and post it in the show notes after me and Marcel decide upon where we're going to run at. If any of you want to come and join us for a run, um, you're more than welcome to. I'm sure some of those runs will probably want to do just alone and quietly, but mm, a lot of those runs, company is probably very much welcome. So, yeah. Do you have anything? No, thanks for having me on, Donald. It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy talking about this and uh, talking about these things with you and uh, getting on some crazy adventures. Yes, Marcel is full of adventures. If you ever get the opportunity to run with him, um, ask him a lot of questions. You can learn a whole lot about his life and just life in general. This man has lived three different lives. I'm not kidding <laughs> you. Um, he's something of uh, like a cat, like how they have nine lives, like Marcel's had three, and he might have a fourth one coming up. I don't know yet. He's only 51. <laughs> God willing. <laughs> so make sure if you uh, you like, subscribe, and share this show with uh, a colleague, a running mate, uh, an, a teammate, an athlete that you know, somebody who needs to learn better how they can train and have a good time learning about it. This um, show is on Spotify, Apple, all that jazz. So just share them the link. If you want to learn more about what we do here at Global Human Performance, which is my coaching business, you can go on www.ghperformance.com. Learn more about our um, in-the-gym strength training for young athletes, for adult recreational athletes, as well as if you are someone who lives far away and you're like, hey, I want to get some strength training or some running plan put together. We also do remote coaching so you can find those links also in the show notes. All that information is at the website. Uh, this podcast also has an Instagram. So if you want to find clips of this that you want to share, it's at training underscore well underscore done. All right. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much, Marcel. Holla.